classic this is and will apply to uh, individuals that I talk about in this first segment and third segment. Liar, liar, pants on fire. For those of you who don't know this classic castaway song, let's face it, it applies to almost everybody who is being sworn in in the House or the Senate today, regardless of their party affiliation. Liar, liar, pants on fire. By the way, I just heard uh, Bill O'Reilly fake us out there. Did you hear that, Lou? He, he said, oh, here's my very dear friend Mike Slater. He had him on all of three minutes, and then he came back. What the hell you even put that guy on for? Liar. Our world is filled with lies. But there are hidden lies, lies that you eventually find out about, Lies that eventually people, when confronted, will stand up and admit. And then there are pathological liars. Let me say to all of my Asian and Chinese friends out there, and I have many, as you know, when I ran for mayor, I was the first Republican ever to win uh, the Asian and Chinese vote in all five boroughs. And Lee Zeldin, who followed in the gubernatorial run, I mean, he captured their vote also. And uh, as we move into 2023, uh, Macedonian Phil, you probably have no idea, but going back years and years ago in the time of Alexander the Great, because that's, you, you ask anybody who's Macedonian, oh, Alexander the Great, they used to eat rabbits. Rabbits, that's right. You had to feed the armies as you were conquering uh, what was the world then. And coming into 2023 will be the year of the rabbit. I ask all of my Asian and Chinese friends, I know you are traditionalists. I know now that we're in January. It's a full month of Lunar New Year. And I know that our crazy administration, so misguided, because our president is just, he is just uh, suffering the uh, waves of dementia and Alzheimer's. It's so obvious. Has decided to let Buttigieg, 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 Impose on Friday, January 5th, the opening up of travel with Red China. That means even though COVID-19 and its many variants are sweeping through Red China because Emperor Xi decided, forget the lockdowns and quarantines. Uh, There may be an insurrection here. Let them spread, 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 spread COVID-19. And they are 250 million people out of a population of a billion and a half is infected with COVID-19. And they're going to be able to get on planes in Shanghai and Beijing and Macau and Hong Kong and fly here to America with the idea that, ah, you know, they're just um, 
All they got to do is test uh, negative COVID-19, bull feathers. You saw what happened in Milan, first two flights uh, as Italy reopened in the Red Chinese, 200 in each flight, half of each flight of the Red Chinese citizens were infected with COVID-19. But the reason I set all of that up is I need permission from our many Asian friends here at WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation, and our many Chinese uh, American friends, to change uh, the year of 2023, the year of the rabbit, to the year of the pathological liar. Because with the assembly of elected officials in the House and the Senate, and soon in the state assemblies and state senates, around the country, and especially in New York and New Jersey, we are going to see a parade of what we know were liars, and some of them have been cold-busted, and some of them have apologized. But there are three who stand out as pathological liars who, uh, Lou, never, ever apologize. They never apologize, even though we catch them, cold-bust them. We got the documentary evidence they never acknowledge. That they lie. First, the liar-in-chief himself, Joe Biden, probably out of all the lies he's told, and we could fill up, we could fill up a book. The most egregious was when in 2020, he told the story of him trying to visit Nelson Mandela when he was in Roberts Island, right off of Cape Town, incarcerated by the apartheid government of the clerk, and how the... Um, Apartheid government had him arrested. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. Well, when Andrew Young uh, was confronted because he was a U.N. ambassador that Joe Biden was referring to, U.N. ambassador for Jimmy Carter. Eventually, he was taken out because he was playing footsie with Yarosar Arafat and the PLO. But he went on to become mayor of Atlanta. When Andrew Young was asked about that, he said, it never happened. We were never arrested. We were never detained. It just never happened. And you can go on and on and on with Joe Biden. Uh, There's a, a pathological lie each week that he never apologizes for, even though... Everybody knows he's lying. So he's our liar-in-chief. And then, of course, there's our previous president. There is Donald Trump, who uh, most recently, in another lie, uh, decided to hawk these uh, trading cards of his. And he'd opened up with maybe the most egregious lie of all. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington. Better than Lincoln, better than Washington. Lou, could I, I hear that again? Because even before this, uh, when he was president, he would say, maybe as good as Washington, maybe not quite, uh, maybe Lincoln. But now he's gone full throttle into this total pathological lie that Donald Trump was a better president than George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln. Better than Washington. And the Trumpers out there, uh, before they decide to abandon ship and swim towards uh, DeSantis land, will say, well, he's not lying, he's delusional. Well, yeah, uh, I don't know how you say he's not lying. Anybody who studied history would know that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln 
we're the greatest presidents we ever had. We're the greatest uh, formidable issues that any president ever had. So that's two. And maybe the greatest. No, in fact, I think we can call him the GOAT. The greatest of all time. Pathological liar. Number one, George Santos. He's not. <laughs> he's not gay. He's not Hispanic. And he's not a Jew. But even when he is confronted, he still weasels his way out and declares, I'm somewhat of that. So as I've said many times, and I think you've heard me say this, I always joke, I'm Catholic, but I'm also Jew-ish, as in ish. Uh, And I've made that joke because growing up, I grew up fully aware that my grandparents were Jewish, came from, from a Jewish family, and they were refugees to Brazil. And that was always a story I grew up with, and I've always known it very well. And I've told it the way it was told to me. Now, if if it, it just strikes me so odd that people are rushing to disinherit me from being Jewish or for even allowing to care for Israel and Judaism in a time and an era where anti-Semitism is at a all-time rise. And here's somebody who actually cares about Jews, cares about uh, uh, um, Israel, and somebody who's willing to fight for them. And... And we have people pushing me away. It's, you know, I got a text from somebody today who says, George, I don't care what they say. You're still an MOT. And I'm sure you know what an MOT is. Um, right. Member of the tribe. Oh, <laughs> member of the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lou, that's not even Phil. That would be like me. I've added two to the tribe, right? My, my youngest son's Carter and Hunter. Uh, Carter was just by Mitchford. Hunter soon, two years away, right? Could I say that? Uh, now I'm a, now I'm a me- no. You know what they say? You can't come to the beamer. You're a gentile. You're not one of the chosen people. And as I said originally at that conservative synagogue that my sons used to go to, oh, I can't come to the beamer. I'm paying for their uh, Hebrew school. Do my checks bounce as a righteous gentile, uh, Rabbi? I can't and no. And I can't come to the beamer. No, you're a gentile. But, you see, I figured this out in the pathological lying mind of George Santos, in which nothing is true, absolutely nothing, is that, Lou, he probably uh, gets up in the morning on Saturdays, he gets the bagel, gets the shmear with the locks, and then he walks by the local synagogue or shul on the Sabbath, and he doesn't go in. And that's what makes him Jew-ish. What a pathological liar. He is, without a doubt, the greatest of all time. From beginning to end, his complete life is a lie. And then the lies continue because we've been told that uh, the pathological liar-in-chief, Joe Biden, will once again take to the road tomorrow to West Virginia. And he will preach the need for bipartisanship in the United States. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Lou, he did exactly that in his inaugural address last year. Remember when he had, like, what, 20,000 National Guards troops around because, you know, he was fearing that the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys or the Trumpers or whomever else would storm the Capitol again. Nothing. There was, like, four people outside in a protest. But he got up in that bully pulpit after he was inaugurated president, and he wanted to be president in his entire life, let's face it. How many times before 
that he had a dump out because he was caught lying. He was caught uh, uh, actually purloining uh, very, the very words of Neil Kinnock of uh, Great Britain, who had been leader of the Labor Party and a uh, leader of the strike, coal miner strike against Maggie Thatcher, the Iron Lady. He just, uh, he, he was a plagiarist and a constant liar. And he always dreamed, I'm going to be president, I'm going to be president. And he had his big shot, so he said, it's bipartisanship. And we know that that's a lie. We know that that is going to be the continued lie. We'll see what happens with the Michigash taking place with the Republicans. Thrilled with the minimal victory that they had when they were expecting a red tsunami all across the nation. They were expecting a majority in the House of maybe 30, maybe 40 seats as they had in the midterm election of Barack Obama. They were flexing already, and now they barely have a majority. Count them if you can, four, five, or six. It's somewhere in that area. And you say to yourself, you can't even determine who your speaker is going to be to lead the charge against the Democrats. Meantime, if you notice, the Democrats, they've all settled behind Hakeem Jeffries, who uh, was raised uh, by his uncle, a virulent anti-Semite, Leonard Jeffries. They gave him a pass on all that, uh, who uh, created the entire the entire nonsense that has led to so much anti-Semitism that uh, we, the white people, the Caucasoids, the uh, McWhitey-Whiteys, are the ice people, and that African-Americans uh, are the sun people. Nobody ever asked them any of those questions like, do you believe that nonsense? Do you denounce your uncle? No, because they wanted to make sure that their guy, Hakeem Jeffries, soon to be the Speaker uh, of the House, uh, had a unanimous, uh, an unanimous uh, vote of support. Oh, later on, we're going to give you the first Sid rap of the new year. Talk about Kyakat Ounce. Talk about liars. I don't know who was worth Eric Adams, uh, swagger man with no plan, who now has a new moniker for the new uh, year, which is out of town Adams. I'm not going to tell you that I was in the Virgin, Virgin Islands for two days. None of your BIB business. And Sid Rosenberg, who let him get away with a sports faux pas. Never before would you ever be able to get away with a sports faux pas with sportsmeister Sid Rosenberg. But it's shown how he's completely capitulated, folded like a cheap camera in idolatry to Eric Adams. Swagger man, but no plan. Talking about this is the Riffin' Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. See, ladies and gentlemen, 
as George Santos, pathological liar, the greatest of all time, and that's saying a lot when it deals with politics, was stumbling and fumbling around his way through the hallways of the House of Representatives, looking for his office, couldn't find his office, because he is a pariah, he is an outcast to everyone. But he is taking his seat in Congress, being sworn in, and representing the 3rd District of um, Long Island and a bit of Queens there And when you take in uh, Whitestone. George Santos uh, beat a, uh, a Democrat of no consequence, Robert Zimmerman, who's crying, 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 oh, oh it's unfair, who never did any negative research, not one, didn't even hit Google. What a pisser, what a schmendrick, what a schmuck. Robert Zimmerman crying, crying, get out of here. And so now, it's just a matter of time, Lou, just a matter of time, Macedonia, Phil. As Dominic Carter said in that promo, and by the way, Dominic Carter did a great job substituting uh, for the last 10 days for some of our hosts who were uh, taking vacation and holiday time. Great job. But he said it all. He is a, he is a dead man walking politically. It's now the clock is ticking as to who indicts him first, who brings him up on criminal charges, and whether he decides finally that he cannot lie his way out of this because he's told every conceivable lie. But knowing a pathological liar, and this is the year the pathological liar, he will continue to lie, 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 and think that he can survive two years, and then he'll have the chutzpah, the hubris, to think he can run again. Let me make a suggestion uh, right now. Let me be the first. That that theme song that you heard, a real American, proud American. We have Congressman Lee Zeldin, who today had to give up his seat, the end of the election cycle. I am, uh, I am promoting, at this moment, I don't think anybody else has, let me be the first on the most powerful news talk station in the nation, WABC, with 50,000 powerful watts of sound. To suggest, and I'm hoping that I can convince him, and maybe the rest of you can, that Congressman uh, Lee Zeldin, as soon as they drop the hammer on George Santos, and you know it's just a matter of time, the political guillotine. I mean, there's so many investigations. (laughs) One of them's going to stick, right? And whether it's a month from now, three months from now, whenever it is, and the governor calls a special election, I think without a doubt, the people of the North Shore of Long Island, whether in Great Neck or in nearby Whitestone, Queens, and throughout the rest of the North Shore and Long Island Sound, if Lee Zeldin would toss his, uh, his credentials in, he would win that seat overwhelmingly because, wow, what a race he ran. In fact, there would not be any discussion of the Republicans having a majority in the House if not for the coattails that Lee Zeldin had, as has been stated time and time again, once he was in the campaign against Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, who was stumbling and fumbling and telling us all it was just a perception of crime, it was a perception of crime, that Lee Zeldin zoned in on what he knew, the message that all New Yorkers felt, even those that voted against him. 
It was all about crime, 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 crime. And he almost won. But who could deny that this is not a brave man, this is not a true patriot, this is not the kind of role model that we need to undo the year of the pathological liar, where people no longer even give elected officials the benefit of the doubt, as they've said to me. Curtis, they're all liars. They all steal. It's a question of how much they steal, how much they lie. But I don't trust any of them. Increasingly, more and more of the electorate is jaded. Lee Zeldin belongs back in the House. The moment that uh, George Santos is out of there, and I'm hoping he'll resign, but probably not because he's a pathological liar and he'll just lie, lie, lie. But as soon as it is impossible for him to any longer sit as the congressman of the 3rd District and the governor calls a special election, let me be the first to say the most honorable of the candidates, the most patriotic, the man who has proven himself both uh, as a congressman, both as a patriot in terms of his service to country, and naturally and what everyone recognizes, even the Democrats who, uh, man, they were like nervous, nervous that they were going to lose all their power. I, I say Congressman Lee Zeldin, without a doubt, without a doubt. And think of all he's been through, attacked on the campaign trail in Monroe County outside of the VFW Lodge, that uh, veteran who had so-called uh, uh, combination of alcohol with his emotional issues could have easily slit his throat. He was able to take him down. I saw a great martial arts move. And then the worst, while he was at the Columbus Day Parade with his lovely wife, with other Republicans uh, continuing the campaign against Kathy Crimewave Holcomb and Morris Park, the call came in. His two daughters were almost victims of a drive-by shooting. It has since been resolved that these uh, bloods were outside engaging in a drive-by shooting, a battle over turf, and surely unheard of. And yet he continued the campaign, and it just kept getting stronger and stronger, and he, he, he had the pulse of the people. It didn't matter. You saw him with blacks. You saw him with Hispanics. You saw him with Asians. You saw him with uh, whites. You saw him with gays and lesbians. I mean, it's lieutenant governor candidate, Esposito. A lesbian woman who had served New York City proudly in the police department. I mean, look, the guy has the full package. I'm hoping to convince him to please. I understand you don't want to say anything now, right? Because the the clock is ticking on this guy, George Santos. He'll either implode, he'll leave, hopefully, or he'll be sacked. And then it's time to make sure that the people of the 3rd District, the people of the United States, have somebody who's going to make up for this stain. This stain on our country, this stain on our soul, this stain on the body politic, never, never before has it been any worse. And he's just the man to do it. And you talk about bipartisanship. President Biden tomorrow in uh, West Virginia is once again going to say what he said last year at his inauguration. We know that he's full of bull feathers. But. If there was one thing I saw on the campaign trail, the times I was with Lee Zeldin, is that Democrats put aside their political differences. And remember, there were some severe political differences, but they were attracted to somebody that they felt had their best interests, and most importantly, the best interests of America, and has been bipartisan. Has been bipartisan. That's been his career.
That's number one. Number two, we have yet to get an answer from the offices, executive offices of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who was sworn into office in that orgy of uh, Democrat uh, celebration that they control every aspect of government in Albany. They have a supermajority in the Senate, supermajority in the House. And actually, they control the governorship. Just barely, but they control it. And she lied to us. She said she'll bring public safety to New York from Buffalo to Brooklyn. Can't even get the snow removed yet. She's going to stop the looting and shooting. Yeah, we know that's, that's a lie. But she did not invite, nor did anybody in her staff, extend an invitation to the greatest uh, governor in our lifetime, without a doubt, George Pataki. George Pataki, who epitomized bipartisanship, who stood side by side with Lee Zeldin, talking about the need to heal our divisions and bring bipartisanship. And when he when he campaigned with Lee Zeldin, he said that, and Lee Zeldin uh, was an example of that. I, I see them as being the same. Twelve years he served New York as governor. Twelve years he was not tainted with corruption. You notice you didn't see Spitzer there at the inauguration or Cuomo because they were tainted as other statewide Democrats uh, and party leaders had been tainted, many who went to jail. George Pataki was not there. I'm sure if he had been invited, he would have been there, as he always has put aside his differences for what he felt was the best for everybody and the best for America. So I stand today and I say, shame on you, Democrats. Shame on you, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb for not inviting the greatest governor of our lifetime, George Pataki. When he was governor, remember, we had Rudy as mayor eight years, the return of the city to a law and order situation, and then again, 12 years of Bloomberg. Uh, Now compare what it was like before that with Dinkins and Mario Cuomo, and now what it's like with with, uh, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb and her partner in uh, propaganda, Eric Adams. Oh, we're going to be talking about Eric Adams and the love affair that he has with our own Sid Rosenberg, a Shonda Sid. But there is another issue, and it has to do with another patriot, Lester Chang. Lester Chang should be seated in this new assembly in Albany. He rightfully won the first Asian Chinese America ever to be elected to a state uh, office in Albany. And today there is a meeting behind closed doors where Carl Hasty, Speaker of the Assembly, side by side with his inquisitor and his uh, hatchet man, Stanley the Slime Schlein, have indicated to all the Democrats assembled that here's 150 pages why this honorable man, this man who served two tours of duty in war for the United States, This man who has been a role model example for all should not be seated because they're challenging his where he lived. George Santos seats, uh, seats uh, in the house. Everything about his life is fake, fraudulent. He's a Pagazi. But this honorable man, Lester Chang, is being denied his place in office, and we have to fight for him because they don't want him involved in a special election. Because if he is blocked, the governor will call a special election, and again, they'll try to stop Lester Chang. So we need to fight for what we know is right. Look, you have Lee Zeldin, 
have Lester Chang, two honorable men who happen to be Republicans and conservatives. And then, of course, the only thing, Lou, we can agree on of late, me and uh, Sid Rosenberg, is the fact that uh, Tom Sullivan is out there, and yet they have not stolen completely the election from him that he rightfully won. And, you know, I've never used those words before. I am not an election denier. I believe that uh, Biden and uh, and uh, Giggles, the vice president, uh, won fair and square against Trump and Pence. But in this case, it's no doubt that this election was stolen by a man that even Democrats will acknowledge is an honorable man. Tom Sullivan, again, served in the military and was at the site of 9-11 bringing bodies out. Democrats who've run against him have said they've never met a more honorable man, a more honorable Republican, and yet ahead 300 votes on election night. It was a slam dunk, and Audrey Pfeiffer, the queen of mean, who wants to continue nepotism in the very uh, assemblymatic seat that she sat in in perpetuity, and then handed it right over to her daughter, has pulled every dirty trick in the book to deny Tom Sullivan his rightful place. One vote. He's behind one vote after all this, and they still haven't made that determination. Three honorable men. Lee Zeldin, who should run in that third district the moment that George Santos is bounced. Lester Chang, who should sit in the assembly, having been duly elected. And Tom Sullivan, as honorable as any of those two other gentlemen. We need to fight for what we know is right. Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Boy! Ah, that's not even uh, February, where the catchers and pitchers have to uh, report to Tampa, St. Petersburg for the beginning of string training. But with uh, Sid Rosenberg coming back, one of the first interviews he had was... uh, with his newfound friend, uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And, you know, uh, he makes love to him now about politics. He's put aside. It's almost like he's decided out with the old. Sid Rosenberg, who is like number one critic of Eric Adams, and in with the new, he's palsy-wowsy with Eric. But as you uh, know, uh, Macedonian Phil, who do sports, and I, who've done sports, the moment we ever engage Sid Rosenberg in sports... Uh, and he disagrees with you, he's all over you, all over you. He doesn't even let you get in a word otherwise. But because of this newfound love affair with Eric Adams, uh, he asked him about why Eric Adams said that he was the Aaron Judge. He had an Aaron Judge here. New Yorkers have a habit. I'm the worst at this, Mayor Adams. My show is number one. I say it every day, all the time. I don't care. Bring on high expectations. I want those. Why do I want to live up to those? You've kind of done that. You're like, I got the rookie season under the belt. You didn't go with an all-star season year number two. You went to Aaron Judge, who broke every record and hit 62 home runs. I mean, you put some real high expectations on yourself in year number two. But I guess you're okay with that. Well, because I know the team. I know the team that I have built. I know what we're capable of. And I know this city. I know how this city recovers uh, during difficult times. He let him get away with that. First of all, as you know, the Yanks didn't get into the World Series because they only had Aaron Judge. That was it. He had no team at the end. 
And look at uh, the Eric Adams team. Eric Ulrich, Udi Skratzia. Uh, almost taking him away in chains and shackles. Phil Banks, unindicted co-conspirator who should have lost his badge and gun. And Frank Carone took the exit because he's like a full pending uh, investigations over him. Oh, come on, Sid. But then Sid talked about his pipes bursting in his home. If you listen to the station, you know already what happened, which is the last show that we did here was Friday, December the 23rd. And my son Gabriel co-hosted the show with me. He was great, great. My mom was on. It was a really nice show. Notice he never mentioned that I was on uh, Macedonian Phil, and both I and his son agreed with me that he should go on his way back to the Rockaways. He should take Woodhaven Boulevard across Bay Boulevard, stop at the Home Depot because of the weather, pick up a generator, pick up a pump for the uh, water that would collect in his basement, and get a buzzsaw. But, oh, no, Sid, you know, he's got a mind of his own. Me and Gabe left that day, and it started to come down the rain. And that was the day where Joe Nolan warned you time and time again we were going to drop about 45 degrees temperature in one day. So Gabe and I get to the ferry to go home that Friday at 1 o'clock, and there are no ferries. They've been canceled for the day. I told him that. I told him, you know, oh, he's Mr. Nautical Mile there, right, Sid? He knows nothing about nothing about that. And then he goes on. He goes on. And it's cold, and it's raining, but it's not freezing yet. So Gabe and I grab an Uber, go back to Rockland, get home Friday night. Now it's starting to get really, really cold. Wake up Saturday morning, Gabe tries to brush his teeth, no water. Ava's home, can't take a shower, no water. So we surmise, of course, that the pipes in my house, it's an old house, must have frozen. You see, if he had only listened to the Goyam out there, the Irish in the Irish Riviera, they would have told him when the temperature dropped on Friday, you got to keep the water on your faucets in your tub, your sink. But, oh, no, Sid knows it all, doesn't he, Lou? And Danielle's freaking out. Oh, they're going to burst? I'm like, Danielle, they're not going to burst. Famous last words. The very next day, Danielle Danielle and I are getting ready to go to uh, Frank Carone. Frank Carone is Mayor Eric Adams' chief of staff. Uh, no more. Uh, he resigned. We'll get to that momentarily. But notice, he wouldn't listen to me. He wouldn't listen to his own son. He wouldn't listen to his wife, Danielle. And then all of a sudden, hell. He ended up in hell. We're going to head over to Frank Carone's brother's Anthony's house for a drink. And we're getting ready. And Ava comes running down the stairs screaming, Mommy, Daddy, it's like Niagara Falls in my bathroom. Mommy, Daddy, it's like Niagara Falls in my bathroom. See, he doesn't realize what is happening here. Uh, Macedonian Phil, if you could let him know tomorrow, he struck out swinging at the start of the new year. He embraced Eric Adams, something he did not do in the year prior, especially before the passing away of Bernard McGurk. And by the way, I suggest, uh, Lou, that we implement a new rule that everyone who comes to do their show in here in the Bernard McGurk studio here at 77 WABC, we not only have to mention it, but we have to touch the plaque that's right there. The same way you would in honor of the greatest of all time, Bernard McGurk. But the reason that all of this mishigash has happened to Sid Rosenberg is he embraced Eric Adams he embraced his chief of staff, Frank Corona, and his corrupt brother, Anthony. 
And he wasn't here for the dropping of the ball. We did a live program with John and Margot and Rita Cosme, my wife Nancy, low-key, our rescue cat, and me to welcome in the New York. He chose to be with the mayor in Times Square. So, Lou, I know what happened out there. All the Italian listeners have given him the evil eye, the Italian curse. The Irish uh, have uh, put an Irish curse on him. It's, it comes from the, the magical Irish cursing stone. It was the Malak, which means that you fade into nothing in Gaelic. And then lastly, his fellow Jews. They said, hey, it's Sid Rosenberg, Yemach Shemo, which means may his name be erased. You will pay for this in the new year, Sid Rosenberg. You will pay. 